There once was a little boy who listened to an old wise man and thus began to learn about the precious present. The old man said it's a present because it's a gift and it's precious because all that have this gift are always happy. The little boy thought, wow, I hope I get that gift for Christmas. And he ran off to play. The old man liked to watch the young boy play. He seemed so happy. He was always content and just always enjoyed himself. Even when he was cutting the grass for the neighbor, he was happy. He even whistled while he worked. The little boy thought about what the old man said. It's a gift and all that have it are always happy. And he thought about the joys of the toys that he's had in his life and they didn't last forever. His birthday gifts, the Christmas gifts. And so he wondered and he went back to the old man and he said, you said that if someone has this precious present, they'll always be happy. I haven't gotten that gift. Is it a, is it a magical ring that when you put it on, you can wish for anything and you can have it? The wise old man said, oh no, it's not a magical ring. In fact, the precious present has nothing to do with things. Hmm. And the boy went on. But he was bewildered and thought it over and over. He returned back to the old man and said, Is the precious present a magical carpet that you can get on a flying carpet and go anywhere that you want? The old wise man said, no, it's not a flying carpet. In fact, the precious present is already near you. And the little boy thought, what could it be? And it really bothered him as he got older. He got thinking, well, I've never had this. He returned to the old man and he said, is it buried treasure that you're going to help me find? And I'll have all of this money and then I'll be able to be happy. And the old wise man said, no. It's not something that someone gives you. It's not a thing nor a place. And now the young boy is growing older and he's getting frustrated. He returned to the old man to say, Well, why hasn't anyone given me this? I've lived all my life and no one has given me this. And the old man said, Well, no one can give this to you. You're the only one that can give it to yourself. Well, the young boy grew older, went to college, got his degree did traveling around the world and achieved great success, but was always bothered by this precious present that the old man talked of. And he returned and he said, I don't know if I can keep living like this and, and I don't know why you won't tell me what it is. And the old man said, no one can tell you, only you can really show. But why haven't I had this precious present? And the old man said, you actually have. You understood it best when you were a child. But now the young man gets older and he's always thinking about the precious present. He returns one last time to talk to the old man to discover that the old man is now passed and he's dead. And now he thinks, I will never know what the precious present is. And as he sat down in a park bench and he thought, I'm so disappointed. He would never tell me what it is. Why wouldn't he tell me what the precious present is? 
And then, like a light switch went on, like the dawning of a new day, it hit him. I know what the precious present is. It's not the future. It's not the past. It's the precious present. And he thought, oh, all of these years that I was so stressed, all of these years I tried to figure out what it is, all of the years I wasted, and he got thinking about the years that went by, and then he caught himself and he realized, oh, I'm wasting the precious present. i got to get back into it. Oh, the precious present. Boy, I hope when I get married and get older, I won't forget. And then he got thinking about, boy, life can get so busy and you can get so much in a hurry. And he got thinking, what if I forget what I forget? And then he caught himself and he came back and he realized, I must cherish the precious present. You see, the mind is an incredible instrument that God has given us. In fact, they now say that the mind can carry so much information that it would take 4.7 billion books to carry the volume of knowledge that our brain can sustain. And yet, in all of the ability that the brain has, it can only collect information and store things about the past and with its imagination can anticipate the future But the brain has no capacity to grasp the present. It waits to record what happened. It anticipates what will. Because in fact, the precious present is really a spiritual experience. To live in the precious present, the now actually is only capable of doing so from that place of which the Bible tells us that God has placed eternity in our hearts. You see, eternity is not a quantity of time. It's a quality of life. Eternity is at beautiful now moment. When the woman was at the well and Jesus talked about this water that you could drink that you would never thirst again, she said, when and where can I get it? And he said, the hour is coming and Now is. See, God is always in the now. Now faith is. I used to hear preachers say, now is the day of salvation. I would think, well, they said that last week. (laughs) Because God is always in the now. You see, you've heard the scripture say that no man has ever seen God at any time. And yet, the Bible says that Isaiah saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. Jacob saw the Lord and the angels ascending and descending. St. John, the revelation, he saw the Lord. So which is it? You've never seen God or you have seen God? How can you say no man has ever seen God at any time? And that's the key because God does not live in time. You see, time was given to us to keep everything from happening at the same time. But God transcends time. He was and is and is to come. And God 
is in the now, the precious present. This is why David said in Psalms 118:24, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm not going to live in the future. This is the day. In fact, when I hear people talk about heaven, I get a little intimidated. I hear people talk about how long eternity is. I, somebody once said, if a bird was to, is, was to fly by a, a bearing that was as big as the earth and swipe its wing across the bearing and then travel the distance and do it again, by the time that bird's wing would wear down that bearing the size of the earth, eternity will have just begun. Well, that might inspire you, but it intimidates me. I'm like, what? Forever? Forever and ever and ever and then ever? But actually, eternity is an eternal now. It's the ability to be ever present in the now and that lasts for eternity. See, today, I want to offer you the greatest Christmas present. And that is to not allow the past to eclipse your present, nor allow the pressure of tomorrow to rob you of your precious present. For this is the day that God has made. And it, it's almost as if we have to fight away the past and the future to make space for the now. Our life will just get away from us. In the classic song by Harry Chapman, my child arrived the other day in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay, and he learned to walk while I was away. And before you knew it, he was talking, and you could hear him say, I'm going to be like him. You know, I'm going to be like him. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. We'll have a good time then. Well, my boy turned 10 the other day. He said, thanks for the ball. Come on, Dad, let's play. Can't do it now. Got lots to do. And without losing his grin, the boy walked away and said, that's okay. And you could hear him say, I'm going to be like him. You know, I'm going to be like him. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then and we'll have a good time then. Well, my boy arrived from college the other day. Looked so much like a man I had to say, son, sit down for a while. And the son said, what I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, the little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad. We'll have a good time then. Well, I've long since retired and my son's moved away. Called him up, said, I'd love to see you if you don't mind. He said, Dad, I'd love to if I could find the time, but the new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure been nice talking to you, Dad. Sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it appeared to me my boy had become just like me. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> and when I look 
back at my life. I'm 62 years old, and, 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 and I'm not certainly here to, to remorse or to make anyone feel bad. I, I, I want to pick you up and, and take you from that place of guilt and shame and remorse and get you on the bus because I'm going to take you somewhere which is going to change your life forever. But I'm here to reflect and to realize that if I'm not careful and I look back at my life, I think of how many precious presents I never opened. Because the gift is a gift. And it gives you everything that God made for you to have. But the gift cannot open itself. We must open it. I have found redemption in my grandkids. I was so much trying to grow a church and so much trying to become successful that I missed so many spots and places in my kids. And, and so now um, uh, I have grandchildren. Grandchildren, oh, wow. I'm convinced grandchildren are God's reward for you not killing your kids. I mean, I would just tell all you young people, I would just, first of all, I would tell all of you that are not married, get married. Get over your big bad self and get married. Because every day you're not married is one day you won't have children, and every day you don't have a child is another day you not get to have with your grandchildren. <laughs> and when our grandchildren came into the world, it was just unbelievable, the joy that they brought to us. And more than anything, it gave me a, a second chance to go through life slow motion because I look back at my children and I realize the days were long, but the years were short. And now with my grandchildren, I'm much more present Declan, who is our miracle grandchild, my daughter had four miscarriages, and we were honored to serve. Uh, Oral Roberts was a member of our church for 12 years. And I remember the day we took Doug and Kara to Oral's house and said, would you pray that they could have a child? And literally nine months later, Declan came into our world. And he's a joy. And I have a little, a little tradition that I do with my grandkids. I, I like to sing them to sleep when I'm in town. And so I'll go over to their house and we snuggle up and I sing. And I sing uh, uh, to 100. It goes like this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And the ideal is to sing them to 100. And when you get to 100, they fall asleep and then you go away. And that's the way you do it. <laughs> but they've also learned that if they make it to 100, that Papa will sing it backwards. So I'm going through it, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Declan, okay. 99, 98, 97, 96, 95, 94. Now he's relaxed. And as I end at zero, his eyes are closed. I sneak out of the bedroom. Doug and Kara are already asleep. I get out of the car, out of the house, into my car, and drive. I'm about 25 minutes away. And about five minutes away from where I get home, I get on my phone from Declan's iPad. Papa, you said you would sing me to sleep. 
I'm like, I'm driving. I'm five minutes away from home. It's late at night. And I'm thinking, I did. I'm like, I can't go all the way back. It's already cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue. And I turned around. And it's a good thing I did because it was late at night. It was cold. And as I pulled up in the driveway, Declan was outside on the porch waiting for Pawpaw. And we went back into the bedroom. One, two, three, four, five. My little granddaughter, Peyton, she's unbelievable, beautiful, bold. Uh, she believes the world evolves around her. She's brilliant and she knows it. And she's beautiful and she knows it. And I was with Peyton a few, uh, a, a while back, and we were just in, inside the house and just holding her hand. And I said, uh, uh, Peyton, I love you. And Peyton looked at me and said, Papa, I love you. And I just said, Peyton, why do you love me? And without missing a beat, she said, Papa, from the first time I saw you, I knew I would love you the rest of my life. I said, girl, what do you want? Because you have it, you can have it. I'll never forget during the flood of Houston, my, my daughter and son, my grandchildren, they lost the bottom half of their house. And, and uh, they would often stay at our house while they were rebuilding. And I'm on the road a lot. And one night, the grandkids were staying at the house, and Colin, my third uh, grandchild, he was, he was there. And I came in late, and he was already asleep. So I snuck in bed with Colin, and I just couldn't wait. He hadn't seen me in a couple weeks. And when he wake up, he was going to see Papa. And I was excited. So I woke up, and I waited for him. And sure enough, his eyes opened up, and he looked over at me, and he said, What the heck? <laughs> now, you got to know, when I was growing up, you could go to heck for saying that. He said, Papa, you're freaking me out. These are moments that I feel as if God has given me back a chance to live in the precious present. To make every day a day that God has made. And that I will rejoice and be glad and get into it. I won't let my past rob me of my precious present. And I won't let my future rob me of my precious present. I won't let the remorse of things that I wish I could have done, should have done, rob me of the precious present. I will recognize that God can turn my remorse into remakes. I won't let my regrets rob me of the precious present because I know God will turn my regrets into regrets. And the greatest thing that I can do is to allow the past to be my servant, but not my master. Allow it to teach me and show me things that I can learn and do better in, but it will not be my master, for this is the day that the Lord has made. Not only can I rejoice in this day, but Ephesians 5 tells me that God can even redeem my time. God can take segments of my life 
that were destroyed through addictions, through selfishness, through bad decisions, towards mistakes that I make. And God can redo it and redeem it. He can take my bad and use it for good so that all things are not happening to me, but for me. And all things work good so that I can enjoy the precious present. This is my moment. This is my day. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I will not let the anxiousness of tomorrow rob me of today. I'll not worry. I'll not hurry. God and all of the cares of tomorrow are waiting for me. And when I get there, the best way I can prepare for tomorrow is to enjoy today. The more I'm able to enjoy the precious present, the now is moment, the better I will be enjoying tomorrow when it comes. I'll not worry or fear. I'll not be concerned how I'm going to make it. There's a beautiful song that when I was growing up, I would often hear my mother sing. And it came from a woman that wrote the song 100 years ago. And she was inspired when they went over to their friend's house and they noticed that their friends were always happy all the time and they were always having a melody in their heart. And they just thought, man, these, this is, and this is 100 years ago. And, and they thought, this is amazing because the, the wife has been bedridden for over 20 years and the man is in a wheelchair. This is 100 years ago when there wasn't ramps and he was a businessman and yet to see him handicapped and yet always happy. And they said, you know, you don't have a reason to be happy. Why are you happy? They said, we sing because we're happy, because we know God's taking care of us. We know that if his eye is on the sparrow, according to the, the Bible, then we know he's watching us. And she went home that night and she was inspired and she wrote this. Most of you have probably never heard it, but it goes something like this. Why should I be discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why does my heart keep on longing for heaven and for home? When Jesus is my portion, He is my constant friend. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. I sing because I'm, I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Did you know that God has never missed a funeral of a sparrow? Did you know that every sparrow that has ever died, God has watched over it? That's why the little boy was watching a sparrow and his mother said, what are you doing? He said, I'm waiting for God. Because he knew. And if his eyes are on the sparrow, and if God colors the fields and the lilies and the flowers of which no man will ever see, nor has any man ever done anything for them, then you should know that God watches over you. And for you to give up the precious present in order for you to be worried about tomorrow really is a breakdown of your ability to trust God. The only way you can enjoy the precious present is to have confidence that your past is redeemed and your future is secure. You see, but pastor, there's a lot of things wrong in my life and I'll get happy 
when I can get some things in order. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The Bible says that when God created the heavens and the earth, that after each day, Hello. Hello. Is it me? So where was I? It's a good point. I had a good point coming. Where was I? Past is redeemed. Future is secure. And we have, to, we have to come to a place of understanding. And, 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 and here, here's where we struggle with. Yeah, but when and if I fix this. And, and, and let's go back to God, right? In creation. Every day he had an assignment. And at the end of every day, the Bible says he would say these words. It is good. Is it complete? Is he finished? Are there a lot of important things that need to still happen? But what would God say at the end of the day? And that's what I'm asking you to do today. No, your children have issues. You've got financial issues. You're worried about what the doctor may say that may be wrong with some of the symptoms you're feeling. But tomorrow you'll take care of that. Today you're going to say, it is good. I have my life. I have my wife. I have my children. This is my precious present. By God, I'm going to be glad in it. Because <laughs> many of us, we think about our children. I, the Holy Spirit said to me while I was praying for you that many of you are burdened like even me. I, I fight a burden because... I have two sons, one who became very intellectual and is a uh, professor at the University of Southern California, uh, uh, University of California, San Diego. And my other son was a rock and roll bass player for the band Vauxhall Broadcast and tremendous amount of success in that rock and roll world. And both of them have been on what I call the scenic journey of their faith. <laughs> and there are many days when I think about them and I think, you know, what did I do wrong? You know, I, I, I want them to be in the ministry. I want them to have their faith. Right now, they're not walking in their faith. And I feel shamed by that. I feel guilty for that. I feel like I did something wrong. And, and so often when I'm with them, I'm, I'm like a wedge. I'm trying to constantly figure out what do I need to say. I need to come up with something that's going to startle them and, and it's going to bring them to their senses and and. One day I was mad at God and I said, God, you know, I don't get it. I, you said to bring up a child in the ways of the Lord and when they're old, they will not depart. And I said, God, I did everything you said to do and yet they departed. And God said, they haven't departed. He said, they're right here in my hands. He said, I got them. Yeah, but God, their behavior. Oh, don't you worry about it. I got them. And you know what God taught me to do? God said to this. You love those boys. I got a daughter and two boys, and my daughter's one, our assistant in our ministry. 
and I love all three of them. But God said, you love those boys because I'm going to take care of them and they're going to not walk away from their faith. And when the day comes, if it's not tomorrow, it'll be next month. And if not next month, next year. But what I want you is to enjoy the precious present. Love them now. Don't harp on them. Don't preach at them. Don't be angry at them when you have Christmas dinners. Don't be nervous about their lifestyle. Just smile and know God's got you, buddy. And I don't have to worry about it. So let's love and rejoice because I'm not going to wait until it's perfect before I enjoy my children in the precious present. So let the remorse and the mistakes, let the anxiety, I've lost my time. I don't know where I'm at in time. I know at one point this is going to open up and I'm going down. Can I get a couple minutes more? Yeah, 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 you see, because, thank you, who's in charge, who said that, who's in charge, I didn't hear it coming from over here, no, no, when you, when you come to peace, when you, when you come to that place, then you don't worry about the future. You think about, am I going to have enough money to retire? Am I going to have enough money? What if we have a, 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 an issue here, an issue there? And we worry about things. And the future robs us of the precious present. I remember years and years ago, we learned a lesson about trusting God. We had gotten ourselves in debt, Jeannie and I, and we were $3,000 in debt. And this is 35 years ago. Well, 3000 is a lot, but 35 years ago, it was like $3 million. No, not that great. <laughs> And, and, and it was because we had credit cards and we were buying things we, we didn't need with money we didn't have to impress people we didn't even like. How's that work? And so we got up together. It was a Friday morning. And we started praying in Jeannie. She said, you know what? We need to repent of this lifestyle and we need to change. And we got all of our credit cards and we cut them up and we're not going to use credit cards anymore. And then she said, I want to have faith, and I'm going to write out the checks. That was back in the day. How many remember checks? Yeah, back in the day. Google it, young people. And we wrote all the checks to all of the credit card companies and all the bills that we paid. And by faith, we were going to believe God that God would provide. Well, I have ADD, which means that when God created me, he added another brain at the last minute. And so that means that I, I have to be doing three or four things at the same time uh, to survive. I can't just do one thing. I, 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 the other brain has to do something else. I have to do three or four things. I can finish none of them, but that's not the point. <laughs> and so often I would forget things, and like mailing letters and picking up milk from the store. And later on that day... I walked by, we were at an apartment, we were preaching at another church, and they had a, a little apartment for us, and I saw a stack of letters with stamps on them, and I thought, I'm not going to forget today. And I grabbed those letters, and I went to the post office, and I mailed all of those letters, and I felt so proud. And when I came back into the apartment, Jeannie was looking at me with those eyes. And I said, Jeannie, you'll be so proud of me. And she said, you didn't. I said, I did. And she said, you didn't. And then it dawned on me what I did. <laughs> I just mailed all of those checks with paying $3,000 with the bills, and we had no money. <laughs> I was going to jail. 
It was a cold night in bed that hot summer night <laughs> in, in Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> and that Sunday morning, we went out to church, and afterwards, a dentist, a very successful dentist, took us out to church, and, and he said he had asked permission from the pastor, because I, I have ethical things that I've been taught. And after we went out to eat, he said, thank you. I got saved because of you and your wife. And thank you, you've changed my life. And he walked me to the car. And when he did, he pulled out an envelope. And, and, and I knew that there was probably a check in there. And he pulled it out. And I said, well, don't, you don't need to give that to me. Give that to the pastor. I don't take anything directly. He said, I've already talked to the pastor. I said, all right, I'll verify it. And so I took it, I put it in, and then he walked away. And then right before he, he got too far, he turned around and said, oh, and by the way, that check is blank. I said, blank? He said, yeah. He said, you know, Friday morning I was praying. He said, God just said to me, I'm going to use your checking account to bless Phil and Jeannie Muncie. And so he said, it's not my money, it's God's money, and I don't care if it's $50 or $10,000. It's not my money. <laughs> First of all, I thought, my marriage is saved. <laughs> we drove to the pastor. I got in, I said, you know, I've been out with, uh, with uh, uh, the, your, the dentist guy. Yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, he told me. And he said, he gave me a check. Yeah, he told me he was. I said, oh, did he tell you it was a blank check? And he said, what? <laughs> he said, what do you mean? He said, it's blank. He said, what did he say? He said, it's a blank check. It's God's money. It's not mine. And he said, I don't care if you write it for $50 or $10,000. And the pastor said, say it again. How did he say it? <laughs> did, uh, did he put the emphasis on the 50? Or on the, I mean, we were analyzing it to death. We didn't know what to do. Finally, the pastor got a word, so help me God, as God is my witness. He said, I feel a figure just came to my mind what you need to do. And he said, here's what comes to my mind, $3,300. Well, $3,300 paid the $3,000 bill, and the $300 was the tithe to honor it. So God knew that I honored it, that it came from him. So I was able to give my tithe, pay all my bills, save my marriage. We're now 41 years now. What am I saying? What am I saying? His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Why would the shadows come? Why would your heart keep longing? Listen to this. This is unusual for a song 100 years ago. Longing for heaven and for home. Christians, be careful that you long for heaven so much that you fail to enjoy the gift of today. Because today is a gift. Today, God gave you today. And if all you're thinking about is heaven, then you don't get to enjoy the gift of today, the precious present. Now, in closing, let me take you back to Calvary. Let me show you Jesus. Can you see him now? He's on the cross. There hanging on the cross are two thieves, one on either side. The one thief will call the thief of the precious present. He is the thief of if. If. 
The if thief robs you of your precious present by saying things like, if you are the son of God, why did you allow me to go through a divorce? Why did you allow me to have to fight cancer? Why? Why? If, if, if. And the thief of if will rob you of your precious present. Why you're questioning and why you're wondering why the precious present is going unopened today. If, if, if you are the son of God, why? On the other side is the thief of the precious present of the when. When, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. When my back gets better, when I retire, when I get debt free, when my children get older. The when, between the if and the when, they collapse on our precious present. And today I'm saying, don't let the thief of if cause you to miss the beauty of now. Don't let the thief of when, when we get to heaven, won't we have a time? When, when, no, what did Jesus say? This day, this day is the day I have made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Is it perfect? No. Is it complete? No. Is it everything that you wanted it to be? No. But it is the precious present. Would you place your hands over your heart today? I have come to give you the greatest gift that you could ever receive this holiday season. I've come to give you the gift of the precious present. To pull you back in from a distant future when you're always thinking about when. I've come today to rescue you from your if and from the questions that have robbed you of today, the remorse, the regrets. God redeems those. Yes, he does. And the worry about tomorrow, God has a blank check waiting for you tomorrow. And whatever need you have, I can promise you, he'll meet them tomorrow. So today, make this the day that the Lord has made. Your husband, your wife, not perfect, but this is the day. This is your gift. Your children struggle, problems. You, you, you're even fearful of the Christmas meal because the tension in the family, but not this year. Because you're not going to let the past nor the future dictate the precious Today, God lifts the shame and he lifts the condemnation. He lifts the anxiety and the angst. He lifts the worry and the hurry. He lifts the stress and the strain. And today he says, now, now, now is our time to rejoice in this day. 
Father, by the authority given to me as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I speak now complete peace and supernatural healing. Walk through the memories of the precious people of God here today and redeem their past today. Even as you no doubt had to do to the Apostle Paul, who was the first terrorist who killed the first Christian for standing up for their faith, what you must have had to do to give him back his precious present. Do it for those here today that carry heavy loads of their past. To those who are so anxious of the future that they have stepped on the throne, as it were, and have tried to play God for their destiny and future. Father, take that load off of them today and allow them to see that you have never failed one person, not one time, and that each day you provide Set them free from that anxiety. Give them the precious present. Do that today. And now with your heads bowed, whether you're watching online, let me ask you a couple questions. If you were to die in the next few minutes and face eternity, would you be at peace with Almighty God? If not, I want to help you make peace with God today. The good news is, is that God is not angry at you. God has already forgiven you of your past. He has already redeemed your future. All you need to do is just simply receive the free gift of salvation. And that comes only by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you a moment to do that. You say, well, I'll do it at another time. Listen what we said today. Today, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Now is when God is saying. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept this free gift of eternal life. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you, to raise your hand, not now, but in a moment to raise your hand. And in raising your hand, you're going to say, I'm ready to accept and I am not ashamed. You say, well, I don't want anybody to know. I don't want anybody to see. Listen what Jesus said. He said, if you're ashamed of me among men, then I won't have the confidence of you before my Father. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to show you're not ashamed and that you believe that Jesus is the Christ and that he has given you the gift of eternal life. And that by receiving Christ as the sacrifice of your sins on the cross, you're redeemed. Your past is redeemed. Your future will be secure. If that's you, then I want to pray with you. I want to help you make peace with God through Jesus Christ. If that's you, whether you're watching online and watching this later on, or you're in this building, would you just slip up your hand right now? and say, Or perhaps maybe today you're saying, you know, my heart has grown cold towards God. And I need a fresh new start. I need a new beginning. If that's you, raise your hands right now. And just let me see where you're at. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, just raise your hands. I see that hand. Anybody in the balcony, any in this section right here, I see you. God bless you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, I'm going to help you pray right now. I'm going to help you. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And, and those of you that have raised your hands, we're all going to pray this together. Would you pray this with me? All the church say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe 
You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead. And by believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth, I now receive the gift of eternal life. Not just so when I die, but today and every day I live a life based on the gift of eternal life. Come on and give God a good praise, everybody, because the angels in heaven are already rejoicing. Amen. And now let me just leave you with this last blessing today. If you'll get your hands out like this, like you're going to receive something today. Thank you all for being here today. And I know you don't know me and you're trying to figure me out, but I hope that you know in my heart that not only is there a love from God through me for you to give you peace today, to really give you a chance to stop living in your past and to live in the present. But I hope you know that we're also here for you. That Joel, Victoria, Lakewood Church, their 60 years of fervency and faithfulness, and at least eight, 900 of the churches that are part of the Champions Network, we're all in this together. Your pastor, his wife, these wonderful children, young people, they're not out here alone. We are with them. We are with you. We're going to do this together. And now, Father, I speak that there is a release of favor. Even the favor of which we have through our relationships. That you would release people that will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Even now, hundreds of families are beginning to hear the sound of this house. And like a sheep, they are following it. And they are already coming. And the seats and the hearts will be filled. And there will be such joy in the house. I speak blessing financially, Lord. Not that money would come down from the sky and fill the treasury. No, that money would come through your people. And Lord, as that financial favor comes through them, they'll be able to help their family. They'll be able to help the poor. They'll be able to do so much for you. Lord, bless your people with blessings. Bless them with money are things money cannot buy. May the blessed life be theirs. May there be unity and no division. May the honor that Lakewood has pour down on Pastor Paul and Juana and every leader in this church into this church has no friction nor factions and that in that unity the commanded blessing of God would be released. I charge your pastor to step into a new season of favor and I declare if I am indeed a man of God that as I walk from this pulpit and step off to the side and your pastor steps onto this platform, that he steps into a new mantle and a new authority and a new favor like you have never seen in him ever. That we decree and we declare. 
and we will celebrate it and we will leave today knowing, say it with me, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on and give God praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we all stand, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Phil. God is good. I receive that. Amen. Receive that. I receive that in Jesus' name. Can I ask the prayer team to come out? We're just going to dismiss you in a couple of minutes. For those of you who just received uh, Jesus, your personal Savior, I want to encourage you to go to the, uh, to the uh, baptism class that's going to be taking place. Join. Uh, the, 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 quite a number of people are going to be baptized next week. We want to do it right here, right behind there. And, and I want to invite you to invite your friends and family if you're getting baptized. But uh, you need to go to class today. So even if you haven't signed up, you say, you know, I gave my life to Jesus recently. And I, I need to take the next step to get baptized. I want to invite you to go and, and just get baptized. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have together. And I pray, Father, that your word will bring forth fruits. I know I don't even have to pray because it will bring forth fruits because it will not return void. It will not return empty. We thank you for the words that have been released from heaven. We take it. We receive it. We celebrate it. We thank you for it. Then we rejoice in the now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that the presence of God will go with you. His faith will shine upon you. And His goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. We'll see you next week. And if you need somebody to pray for you, come on up. God bless you. Thank you for coming up. See you.